Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Hey, thanks for jumping on board. Time to talk a little Rockets. And with me is a person you guys know on Twitter. Some of you guys might know her from going to Rockets games. You might have seen her on the big screen when the Rowdies are going crazy. It's Red Rowdy. Myas, another group of you might even know her from calling up uh, Rockets Radio, the post game shows. But uh, good to have you. We haven't talked on the podcast for a few years, but we're we're old friends, so it's it's always fun to see you. Yes, I agree, Robert. First of all, we we talked the last time, but people might not remember, or um, they might have not heard this show. But uh, how did you get involved with the Red Rowdies? Where where did it all begin for you? When I was a season ticket holder in 2005, I heard about an opportunity with Jeff Van Gundy was uh, sponsoring some diehard fans. They, it was an audition at the Toyota Center, and he was going to give 30 fans season tickets for them to be loud because at that time he felt the Toyota Center was a little dead. And I had to agree with him. It's not as, you know, back then we weren't as passionate as we are right now. And so I auditioned, me and 30 others, and I was one of ones chosen. I was, and that's how the Red Rowdies began. And so that was 2005, the fall of 2005, right before the new season started. And I've been a Red Rowdy every season since then. You're an OG, original. Original Rowdy. It's still me. And it's uh, about four four other rowdies. Me and Ann, Paul, William. It's maybe four or five original rowdies. The rest are have been there ten or more years now. And Jeff is somebody that you love, right? We love Jeff Van Gundy. He can do no wrong. He still speaks the truth on his, on ABC News, uh, ABC Sports, and we just love him to death. And there's no bigger Houston fan than Jeff Van Gundy. No, and he keeps it honest. I love it. I mean, he doesn't sugarcoat things. He is a Houston fan. He definitely is. And I like his um, what he does in the community also. All right, let's get into this year's team. And we're talking on Wednesday and the Rockets, they're playing maybe their best basketball of the season. They've won six in a row. I don't even think anybody in the NBA, as you and I are speaking, have won more than three in a row, have a streak better than three in a row. And they just beat uh, some pretty good teams. Boston, well, maybe they're a good team. We're still trying to figure that out. I know. Toronto is definitely good, though. So two big wins. What do you think of what you're seeing from the Rockets right now as we speak? I feel like they're hitting their stride uh, defensively, which has been a uh, that's been a main area of weakness for us. De- our defense has just been porous most of the season. So 64 games into the season, we have the majority of our team is healthy. Having Chris Paul back is really key to anchoring the defense with our second unit and um, giving James a little break. They've been pushing the pace, and he's diamond. I mean, he's just dropping dimes left and right. I mean, some ridiculous passing. And everyone is just moving better. They're, they look more energetic when he's out there uh, running the second unit. And so I think his coming back and Clint Capella being back in the middle, anchoring um, our defense is, is, is just showing how good we can be when we're healthy. It's scary with Chris Paul. I mean, you watch him and you go, boy, when is, when is he going to get hurt? What's going to happen, uh, you know, if he pulls the, the hamstring or something like that? But, I mean, it's just good to see that he's playing like this because you were wondering at the beginning of the season, are we starting to see the decline of Chris Paul? Are we starting to see age start catching up to this guy? He's, he's reached a lot of minutes. Um, you know, how, how do you feel about where he's at right now, and do you feel like he can make it through an entire playoffs? Because that's the big question is, can he get it through an entire playoff without getting hurt, which we haven't seen him do when he's been in the playoffs the last few times? 
I think it is, it's a reality that he's aware of, that the team is aware of, and I think they're going to monitor his minutes as we get closer to the playoffs. I really feel like his brains, he's smarter than most players on the court, if not smarter than all the players on the court most of the time when he's out there. he That's what's going to give him the edge, the competitive edge. We beat Golden State Warriors without James Harden because of Chris Paul. If Chris Paul didn't um, get the team together and put them on the on the page that they needed to be on to beat the Warriors at Oracle Arena a couple of weeks ago, we wouldn't have won that game. You're at the games. You see Chris Paul all the time, mm-hmm. what he's doing when he doesn't have the basketball, when they're in a timeout. or mm-hmm. what, what do you see from Chris Paul that he brings to this team just – uh, the other stuff, the intangible things. I mean, is, is there stuff that you see from him that you don't see from either the rest of the Rockets or the other players on other teams? I think what he does, he settles people down. And I really feel like James, he does show a lot of um, affection out there now. He didn't used to be, he didn't used to do that before. But I think now between, I think with Chris Paul out there, he's showing that he's understanding what's happening. He's a little bit more – I, I think he's a little bit more boisterous now that Chris Paul is out there because maybe Chris Paul has helped him find his voice on the court. And that's I think that's something that a lot of people might not pay attention to. Um, I think Chris Paul is allowing James to be who he is. And then when James sits down, Chris Paul can be who he is. They work well together. Um, they don't have to step on each other's toes when they're out there on the court. And I feel like Chris Paul loves running that second unit because, I mean, they he got them on a string. They <laughs> He really has them operating on a string. And he communicates without offending anyone. And, I mean, he could get in your face and you still not be mad about it because he's not doing it in a, out of spite. He's doing it out of love. And it's interesting that Austin Rivers comes to Houston and people thought maybe Chris Paul and Austin Rivers didn't get along or Austin Rivers wouldn't work with James Harden because of what happened in that game with the Clippers. But Austin Rivers seemed happy to come here. He felt like it was a great situation for him. And he's somebody that played with Chris Paul And this idea that, oh, nobody likes Chris Paul or nobody likes James Harden. Well, Austin Rivers, the guy that everybody would have thought didn't like Chris Paul because he played with him or didn't like James Harden, loves it here. He seems to be having a blast. I know. The media pundits are doing a disservice to that rumor because why would Austin Rivers come here if he didn't like Chris Paul? Chris Paul and James Harden, they both had to reach out and communicate with him that, hey, man, yeah, come on, play over here. And when I read, um, Austin, like, the reason why he chose us is because of the freedom that Mike D'Antoni gives you. And that's something that he felt like there was, he's never met a player that was unhappy playing with Mike D'Antoni. So that was one of the reasons why he came. Plus, he already had a relationship with Chris Paul. And I feel like if Chris Paul, God forbid, something happens to him, Austin will pick up that load and Austin is doing a great job for us defensively so last year we did not have anyone to pick up the load especially defensively when Chris Paul went down but there's nobody that can really replace Chris Paul because I mean just I mean not only what he brings you know on the court but what he brings off the court but you look at uh the passes that he makes and there's nobody in the NBA that makes those passes anymore I don't think there's a point guard around that makes the passes that Chris Paul makes maybe LeBron but I don't know I don't see LeBron even making those kind of passes I mean and and where he puts the ball you see a pass that he makes and he's not looking and the pass he hits somebody that's like 20 feet across the court Mm -hmm. at the three-point line 
and he hits them right in r- the pocket, right? right where they need to catch catch and shoot. Boom. That's it. He does. I mean, but that's skilled. He is the point god. That he has a name for a reason. Yeah. He's the point god. It's amazing. Now speaking of amazing, and we talked about James Harden for a little bit, but I mean, you're there on a regular basis. You get to see this guy all the time. And it's, it's almost like you can take him for granted, especially if you're watching it at home, because mm-hmm. it doesn't look like all that much sometimes at home, some of the things that he, he does. What do you think you see when you're at the arena with James Harden that maybe when you're at home, you go, yeah, you can't appreciate that unless you're right there and you're watching in person. Uh, is there anything that he does that you, you feel like you appreciate a little bit more just being there and seeing him on a, on a, Game to game basis. His body language, um, depending on where the camera is, you won't catch some of his, you know, some of the things he does, and it's hard to explain it. I mean, um, you talking about how he's tr- tr- trying to draw fouls or the way he moves with his body to draw the, fouls? The way he moves with his body and the way he the way he navigates the small amount of space that that players give him, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous the the way he can manipulate that small amount of space and how quick he is. When we played Toronto, a home game, I think it was at the it was in January, toward the end of January, I actually was upgraded to court side seats. And I really almost lost my mind sitting there close to the game. <laughs> but watching that from that point of view it was surreal watching how quickly this man got in his spaces and, 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 and split four and five defenders and went and, and, and laid the basket in. And I, I laid the ball in. And I'm sitting up here literally underneath the court like I could throw a rock and hit him without barely extending my arm. That's how close it was. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy is more than brilliant. He is more than brilliant. He is, we are, we do not appreciate him. I don't know what it was like watching Michael Jordan. And I surely don't know what it was like watching Kobe in his prime days. But I feel like that's what we're getting right now in watching James Harden. We're getting that. We're getting that same level of excitement, that same level of awe. Like the place should be sold out. The Rock Toyota children should be sold out every game. Because this guy's putting on some, he is putting on a show. And I think there was a lot of stuff that he does that you you can't necessarily figure out how great it is on TV. But the step back three, what he's added with that, you know, you watch some of those those plays and, and you're like, you're watching it at home and going, man, how did he get back from that spot to that spot? And sometimes they know it's coming. Mm-hmm. They're still coming at him, mm-hmm. but he gets just enough space. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem like he needs more than like a small, like the window barely needs to be open at the house and he could throw a penny through the, through the little part between the window and the, and the sill. And that is a credit that that's, that's because of his, he works on that. And I think as much as people are in awe of what he's done, he, you don't get like that if you don't put the time into it. He works on his craft day in and day out. I mean, that's what I read and that's what I hear all the time. And it shows because I didn't think he could have a better MVP year than last year, but he has. He's taken it up another, and I think he's worked on his conditioning, which is showing. Rarely have we seen him, and he's logging a lot of minutes, look like he's tired and lethargic. Um, like we've seen in the past seasons. And I think this year his conditioning has improved and he just looks, he looks a little leaner. Yeah. He looks stronger and it's showing and everything that he does is, is coming through.
It really is. And it's scary for the NBA, that floater. Oh, my God. He, oh, that's another, that's another thing that he had floater, this year. He, now he does, okay, let's say if he's jacking up threes and they're not falling, and we've seen him not fall a few times. He goes right in the paint, and, and, and he's not attacking the paint and, and drawing fouls. He's just dropping, dropping in a floater. And the big thing with the floater is he doesn't take as much contact as yes, he did the floater. exactly. So he's going in body preservation mode, and we're not even realizing that's what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's. I mean, here's the numbers. Let's just uh, throw these out. And and James Harden's 38 game run, where he has ca- carried the Rockets from 11 and 14, the number 14 seed, to as you and I are speaking, they're the number three seed in the West. 39 and 25 is the record. He's averaging 40 points, seven assists, seven rebounds, 2.2 steals, and a block a game. 40 points. Let me say that one more time. 40 points a game over 38 games is ridiculous. I don't think I've seen that since, you know, maybe there's been a stretch like that in the Michael Jordan era, but that would be the only thing I think we can equivocate, you know, equivocate it to anything that's happened in the last 50. I mean, you probably have to go back to somebody running a stretch that long back to maybe Walt Chamberlain or something like that, but it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And and that's why it's, it's absurd that the media, national media, is even entertaining anyone else for the MVP, top MVP vote. I don't care what Giannis does, and we know Paul George is already hurt. We already He's already shown he can't be the MVP because he's already missed some games uh, due to health reasons. So I feel like the only person who has put up statistically the most impressive numbers is James Harden. And if they can stick to the three seed, then it's – Everybody's been going, well, Milwaukee maybe have the best record in the NBA, but the Rockets are the five seed or the six seed. But if James Harden pulls them up to the three seed by the end of the year and they can they can hold there, I don't it'd be pretty difficult for them to get to the two seed. But if he can hold them at the three seed, then that argument of, well, look at he did for the team, Giannis and all that. I mean, I, I think everybody <laughs> doesn't quite understand the national media doesn't quite quite understand how bad the injuries have been with the Rockets and how bad the supporting cast is when Chris Paul and Capella isn't on the floor. That's a whole other thing. But there is one guy that I want to talk about that's been a big deal and is the second-best Rockets player. Uh, I, I would say he's the number two for Rockets MVP this year, P.J. Tucker, and over the last seven games, averaging 2.7 three-pointers per game, 52.8% shooting on the threes uh, after averaging 1.3 three-pointers on 28.4% shooting over the 24 games prior. Right. And the thing that I pointed out uh, is that P.J. Tucker, if you could back his minutes off and he's not banging as much with the big guys, I mean, is, do you see, is that the big difference, that he's not having having to do that now that Capella's back? And, uh, you know, with Capella, and if you can get him and the manimal healthy at the same time, uh-huh. then it takes so much pressure off P.J. It Tucker. It does. P.J. Tucker is our Swiss knife. He does everything. And... For the longest, he was having to do everything. And, of course, that's going to affect your legs. What's the first thing that goes is your legs when, on your jump shot. I've, the way he's shooting a three now, it looks like, okay, I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm not as used as, as I – because he's, he's, what, 34, 35 years old. He's not a spring chicken. And he's been giving us just tough, gritty defense for all season long. Can you see the frustration on the players that he's defending when you're at the game? Oh, I, that when I was at the Toronto, when I had that courtside, and the way he deed up Kawhi, oh my God! It just I yelled, and he looked over, and he like 
nodded his head. <laughs> oh yeah, we had I had a few PJ Mo- PJ Tucker moments courtside. I mean, yelling because it was a work. It was so beautiful, and he just the fact that he just he gets more excited getting a stop than James gets a th- to getting a scoring a step back three. I mean, that's what that's what gets uh, PJ Tucker's juices going. It's getting a stop, getting a rebound, getting a block. I mean, that's what gets him going, and he was in his bag, as they like to call it, when um, when Toronto came to Houston. That was a beautiful game, and it was a defensive gym for him, and I hope it, it allows uh, voters to see that he needs to be first-team defense, first-team um, first defense All-NBA. It's so tough to get him any credit because everybody looks at the Rockets and go, well, their defense is ranked 20-something in the NBA, and how good can P.J. Tucker – be defensively, but I think uh, they don't understand how bad the Rockets would be without PJ. Exactly. Where would we be without him? Is the question. And I mean, his help defense is is is, is superb, and the fact that he's assigned the toughest cover every game, just like Trevor Reza used to be assigned. That's the role that PJ Tucker has has taken. And um, I appreciate the fact that he's maintained his health. He's I think he's only missed maybe like one or two games this season. And Mario Ellie is somebody that the Rockets used to, Rockets fans used to go, oh, that's, that's the guy, that's the junkyard dog. But, you know, I, I don't know if Mario Ellie could ever do the things that PJ, all the things that PJ could, Tucker could do on the court and be as physical mm-hmm. as PJ Tucker is. And, you know, I just, there was so much that Tucker does out there that maybe they weren't even, I don't know if they were asking all that stuff from Mario Ellie because they had, Maybe a lot more good defenders on that team, and you had the back line. You Elijah had Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah. I mean, that was he saved us. He saved he saved you. If you if you let if a man got by you, oh, Akeem was there to swat that <laughs> swat that ball out of the paint and remind them of I'm here to block shots too. Um, but I like the way the PJ has. Um, he doesn't complain. He never complains, and he. I feel like he's our most consistent defender on the team. I really feel like he's our most consistent defender, and I love the way Austin is playing defense. Have you been paying attention to him? Oh, he the one thing I like about Austin Rivers on defense is he's bulldog out there. I mean, he just does he won't quit on a play ever. And the only thing that hurts him is just he's just not big enough sometimes. And guys get by him, and he can't recover to block a shot or something. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got to be able to. Big thing for him is just to stay either in front of the guy or he's got to be able to at least get on his side as the guy's shooting towards the basket and maybe just, you know, make him change it, change the direction of how they shoot the ball a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's not going to be the same as, you know, when you would see Luke Bomamute who could recover because he had this, you The know, long arms, yeah. right. That, I mean, and so he, I think he does a lot. I've really been, I've been more impressed with Austin Rivers' defense, maybe because I didn't know he had it in him like that, than I have been with any other team members except for PJ, of course. Because Austin has... He's he's really shown like we don't need him to be a scorer. We need his defense more than his points. Who's the Rowdy's favorite player outside of James and Chris? Do they have a do you feel we like We love there's... Gerald Green. Oh my God. Oh yeah. G Money? Oh man, we <laughs> love Gerald Green. We love Gerald Green. And I mean, um and he, he brings it. He is H Town. How could you not? He is our I, I think he's a hometown favorite and he's the Rowdy's favorite. Um we love Gerald Green. And we hope Daniel House will come back. We really loved him too, but you never know. It's always worth bringing up when you're talking about Gerald Green. You know, this is somebody, hey, he was just 
out rescuing people in boats during Hurricane Harvey. That's all, you know, like a superhero. I know. Gerald Green, I mean, last year, I think he was the spark that we didn't expect. And this year, it seemed like he's honed it in a little bit more. He's not as streaky as he was last year. And I feel like he's even stepped it up a bit defensively. And I've seen him getting rebounds and trying to block shots and trying to come be the help defender, which is something I never would have imagine him doing so i feel like he's growing maybe he's not getting the recognition for the growth he's, he's not just a gr- shooter grit and toughness to his game right for sure. he really has and i feel like that's a testament to the rockets uh player development that they are working with and, and bringing that out of him because yeah you could just keep him as a spot-up streaky shooter but we need more from him and he wants to give more and he i feel like he's more committed to the championship run that we're on all right this is a big question for all the rowdies and Actually, it's something I I might need you guys to do. For some reason, we haven't gotten a a name that's just a nickname that stuck with Clint Capella. I don't know if you guys have a nickname that stuck with Clint Capella. I feel like Capella needs a nickname. You know, the only thing I could think of, and it might feels like it's a little long, but I was thinking maybe the exclamation point. What do you think of the exclamation point for Capella? No, that doesn't sound trendy. No, No. that's too many syllables. Yeah, it's too many syllables. Too many syllables, and I'm like. I don't know, Captain Hook. I don't know. That was um, that was Martin. That was the uh, Dinanis Martinumis. That he was the Captain Hook guy. You guys definitely don't have anything for Capella. No, not that I could think of. He's and I don't know why. What about Gerald? Is there anything for Gerald? Is there a nickname? G Money. It's G Money. Uh huh. Green light. Green light. What about PJ? <sighs> Tuck wagon. Tuck wagon. Mm-hmm. I came up with traffic jam since he's in Houston. <laughs> oh my God, no traffic game, no. But Tuck Wagon, the Tuck Wagon, like the Chuck Wagon for um, Chuck Hayes. Tuck yeah, Wagon. yeah. He 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 causes some traffic jams though. That's for sure. He's he's like a one man traffic jam at times. I'm surprised you didn't mention it. Talking about defense, James Harden's post defense has been like a plus. Perimeter maybe not so much. It's but always- post. Defense has been pretty solid, and he's yeah. he's he. I see him moving over like he's looking for that challenge. He wants to be challenged because he knows he's gonna steal the ball. That's how he's he's got over two point um over two steals a game. He's stealing it from the people on the post <laughs> at a regular basis. Um, the manimal is that guy surprised you? Like what he's been able to do? I mean, I I thought well he he can't have, something must have happened to him. He must have gotten not as explosive why wouldn't somebody like the nets that you know the nets are not anything great it's a 500 team why would he not get any playing time for the nets and then he comes over here and it's like he just puts up uh double doubles every night it's ridiculous he plays like he's playing like he played in denver it wasn't a great fit for him obviously over there in the um in brooklyn and i'm glad that he was available just like austin rivers you kind of like he started off over there in washington and the fact that he landed in our laps and the roster that we started at the season with and who we have now, it's like night and day. Right. And you wouldn't have, at the beginning of the season, never imagined that we'd have uh, Manimal over here or Austin Rivers on our team and being a contributor and, and somebody we need. Like, every game that we haven't had Manimal out there, I'm like, man, I sure wish we had the Manimal. Like, I can't. I know how we were before without him, but we need him because he brings that energy he brings it and to have him the four to five, we haven't had a starting four or five lineup like that since Capella has been out here. I mean, since he's been on the team, I'm interested to see how Capella responds to manual working 
on the side of him on the glass. And the rebounding has been the problem a lot this year. And and when you have both of those guys, if you start putting both those guys out there on a regular basis and, you know, they're, they're easily averaging 10 boards a game each. And that's, that'll be a big deal, especially when they get into the playoffs, because that's when you're going to need rebounding because the baskets are a lot tougher to come by and the misses are a lot more frequent in the playoffs. This is true. And it also will save PJ Tucker's legs. Because when PJ's in there battling, but when he if he has Manimal and um, Clint at the front line, he's not going to need to be in there trying to get the rebounds. He he was our main he was one of our top rebounders before Manimal came in, and that was why his shot was so shaky. But I, I just feel like everything is falling into place. It'll put people back in the places that they need to be in to be productive. Last thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, you look at the Western Conference, doesn't seem to be. Any other major challengers to Golden State? Maybe Oklahoma City can because they sort of are a decent matchup for Golden State. But do you see uh, the Golden State Warriors looking vulnerable? Is it possible to know until the playoffs start, until they gear it up and maybe go to a next level? I mean, the Rockets, we know they play them better than anybody that is out West. I mean, they're what are they, 3-0? and Is it 3-0 and this year? They've... Played them three times and yeah. won all three games. This is true. And we play them on the 13th. Yeah. We're three and two against them in the playoffs last year until Chris Paul was hurt. So, I mean, it's it's right there. I mean, the only difference between what you see from Golden State and Houston between the two years is they added Boogie and the Rockets. You know, they've, they've of course, added uh, the Manimal and, uh, Austin. And, and Austin Rivers. And maybe Iguodala will play this time, which he didn't play last time or something like that. But mm-hmm. I, I guess those are the the big things. But... I mean, it feels like, you know, if the Rockets could just get them, uh, then they've got a shot. I mean, it's, it's not going to help that they're, they don't have the home court advantage this time around. I mean, I think that was a big deal last year if, if Chris Paul would have been healthy. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you feel like they're vulnerable, Golden State? They are because uh, Boogie doesn't play defense. Like, he's still – he's not 100%. And he's a defensive liability. And um, looking at the stats, he's been a negative – negative every time he's on the court with them and they got to take him off the court against the Rockets because Mm -hmm. in in the fourth quarter because the Rockets just know how to abuse him in the pick and roll exactly I mean he's a marked uh (laughs) it's like you gonna he's a marked target and Chris Paul with his genius ways he's gonna pick him apart so I don't feel like he's gonna be the one that that uh, we have to plan for we could plan to attack but if they remove that then now they're gonna have to respond to to uh Manimal on the with his activity, which they haven't had to deal with. And um, I feel like we're in a better position to beat them. I'm concerned about how we match up against um, Portland because now they have Ennis Cantor. And we've already – I think we got, we've we lost like most of the – I think we've lost three times against Portland this season, if I'm not mistaken. They have the advantage over us as far as records if we were in a tiebreaker. And so their size – is is really kind of what I'm worried about. I don't. I, I think we could beat them, but I. I we've had a hard time beating them this in um, this year. And they went and got Anis Cantor, who's a really good rebounder. I'm concerned about them. I'm not concerned about Denver. And uh, there's really yeah. Okay, see if Paul George is healthy and Dennis Schroeder is playing on point, they could be a problem. But West Bro- West Brick is what I call him. He keeps the other team in it because he takes such bad shots and he's shooting such a horrible percentage from just about everywhere, including the free throw line. If you could play to get him to jack up more shots, we'll beat them any day of the, 
any day of the week. Who's your favorite player to watch besides the Rockets players? Is there anybody that you really look forward to when they're in town? <sighs> um, I love LeBron. I'm a LeBron James fan. And so I do enjoy watching LeBron. Outside of him, Giannis and Kyrie, those are the players I, I enjoy watching. That's a pretty good group of guys. And Giannis, to me, was maybe the one of the tougher matchups for the Rockets this year because he, he could cover all that ground on the, on the Harden pick and roll and was given Harden. The all, blues. Yeah. And, and Boca Lopez wasn't helping either because yes. of his length too. I know there's their length, their length bothers me. There's the scariest defensively against the Rockets of any team that I've seen this year. There's th- them on the defensive end, mm-hmm. uh, give the Rockets a lot of problems with the type of stuff that the Rockets like to do. And they under, they do the similar things. So they know yeah. what's coming. Yeah, and they and they hitting their threes. I mean, they're shooting the threes. I mean, um, Coach Bud, which is a you know protege of Popovich, he knows w- the winning formula, and he's got them on the right page. And they are a scary team. I actually I predict they'll come out of the East. I'm predicting Milwaukee will come out of the East because they have the depth, and no one, and I mean no one, can stop Giannis. He's he really is unguardable. I wish I could say I disagree, but I I like Milwaukee a lot too, I, and they've been so consistent all year. And I think that's gonna matter when you get to the play. Everybody says, well, they don't have the experience or whatever, but I I, I just feel like no one had to do it on a night in night out basis is gonna translate to the playoffs. And they got a great coach, a coach that's worked under Pop, so he he knows what he's doing, uh, and he's got a lot more talent than he had with the Hawks when he was trying to win exactly. with them in the playoffs. Yeah. He's in a talent just overflowing. I mean, it's ridiculous. And they still are adding. I can't believe they went Paul Gasol to go over there. I mean, people just jumping off their team and going over there to their team. And they're building something, and they're good. They're really good. If somebody wants to be a Red Rowdy, how do they do it? How do they get the shot to, to be a Red Rowdy? They usually announce auditions at the beginning of October or the end of September. Um, you really want to check with the, on the Rockets website because that's where they post uh, auditions. Last year, the audition was at um, out at Kima Boardwalk. You have like 30 seconds to show your creative side, how loud you are, and just impress the judges. Put a little routine together, impress the judges to, um, to choose you so that you'll be one of the 30 or 40 members of the Red Rowdies that get complimentary tickets to every game and stand up for two hours, two, two and a half hours, and romp around the building. I mean, it's a unique opportunity, and it is for the diehard fan, passionate fan. If you're the loudest person in your family cheering on the Rockets, you need to come audition. And sometimes it's usually at the middle of October. It's usually two to three weeks before the season starts. Do you have to train your voice before the season starts to hold up for the <laughs> the games? You take it day by day because usually the day after a game, I'm, I, my voice is scratchy. But you build. I mean, it's like a practice makes perfect. <laughs> you know, by this time of the season, we're all in – because we had a good little break from February, you know. Um, we didn't have that many home games. And so we're preparing. March, we have – March is wild. March, we have like every other day we have a game. <laughs> And he's in home. And so that's going to be a testament to getting our vocal cords together, plenty of honey, plenty of lemon juice, you know, staying on top of things. It's good to see you. Thanks for doing this. Red Rowdy Maya on Twitter, of course. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Robert. Anytime. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. Give us a five-star review on iTunes when you get the chance and tell your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Touchdown!
Hey there, I'm Max Friedman. And I'm Eli Blackwitz. We're hosts of Tackling the Texans, brought to you by the Pulse Podcast Network. If you love the Houston Sports Talk podcast, then you should go ahead and listen to our weekly podcast where we talk about everything exciting around the NFL and what it means for Houston. We keep you updated on all things Texans with interesting debates and hot takes, making sure to bring on NFL experts from around the industry to keep you connected. Subscribe to Tackling the Texans on Apple Podcasts or give us a listen on any available platforms.